Hi, this is Stuart Harding with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Stephen Mackey. He's currently the founder, CEO of the Two Words Character Development Program that is sweeping across high schools. Um, just an incredible program. He's a solid man of faith, just in the schools, using the platform to build up coaches and student athletes and uh, building relationships, developing character, but more than that, shining the light of Jesus with everybody he meets. Married for nine years, four wonderful kids. I can't wait for you to hear from Mackie, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Stephen. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. You bet. So I like to start these off with some background information. So if you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, maybe where you're from, your family growing up, and then a little bit about your family today. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm thankful to get to spend a little bit of time with you. you know, yes, sir. I am the founder and CEO of Two Words Character Development. and We write and produce a video-based character curriculum for athletic programs. And that's, uh, that's what I do, but it's not who I am. As far as who I am, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband. Uh, to my bride, we just celebrated nine years of marriage yesterday as we're recording this we've got four beautiful kids and so i get to be called daddy by a seven-year-old a five a two and a three-month-old and uh and we we do our best to uh go and and uh make the world a better place give people hope uh and point them point them to jesus and uh we could do that in a lot of fun ways but uh you know growing up uh i was i was born to a teenage mother uh and so my mom was 16 when she had me uh, biracial and so you know just all kind of the statistics that go with that uh, you know set out if you were just to look at the numbers uh, set out a pretty bleak future for me uh, you know statistically speaking uh, children born to teenage parents are less likely to graduate from high school or go to college more likely to be arrested by their 18th birthday father or child out of wedlock and live a life of poverty and so statistically uh, you know my life was set out to be a failure but uh, but early, early on, uh, I had I had family, uh, my maternal grandparents, uh, who chose to raise me as their own, and uh, and they were they were you know they they saw the finish line you know they had empty nests coming, uh, and yet they chose to hit the reset button and to raise me to be their own, uh, to raise me to know the Lord and to, to chase after the Lord, and, and that changed everything. You talk about you know who are the most influential people in your life? Uh, well, you know there, there's people all along the way, right? Uh, and and those first people. Uh, were, were my grandparents who chose to be my parents and, and raise me. And, uh, and so they put me in, in, uh, in a position to, to be able to hear the gospel early in life. They put me in a position to uh, be able to be influenced by coaches and teachers and administrators, uh, folks that, that made a huge difference in, in my life. And so, uh, you know, as I look back on that, uh, you know, the old, the old phrase or adage, it takes a village to raise a child mm-hmm. is, is so true. And it's true in my life. Uh, and, and, and statistics or studies would show us that uh, that, a, that a student or a, a child, uh, they need five caring adults outside of mom and dad uh, to, to grow into their full potential, to be a, a responsible citizen. And so you think about you can be the best mom and dad in the world. And you still got to have five other, ki- five other caring adults in your kid's life that they know and trust and respect um, to, to fully develop. And so. Anyways, I just look back on, on my life and I see all these different people along the way that helped me become who I am today. And, 
and and all the ways that God has has put people in my life and given me experiences and and shaped my story uh, to prepare me to do what we're doing today with, with two words. That's awesome. So at what point you talked a lot about being raised to hear the gospel, your grandparents investing in you. At what point did you in your life make that decision to make it a personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah. You know, I, I look at it and as I look back, you know, there was, there was a time in in first grade where, Mm -hmm. where I did, I did come forward and I spent some time with the pastor. I remember going to his office and, and, and talking to him about it. And, and, and I believe that I made a genuine decision that day, but I also believe that, that I knew and understood as much as a first grader could know and understand. Um, right. And, and so uh, throughout elementary school, then I, I found myself doing and living and even in the middle school, living out my faith as best a elementary school kid could. Um, but as I got to middle school, as I began to change and the way that I saw the world begin to change, I felt like I had to come back to that decision. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a being, you know, I'm, I'm serious this time. You know, I didn't understand then. It's just that I understand so much more about the world now uh, that it's al- it was almost this re-upping of, yeah, now that I've seen the craziness of middle school, and you know how, how volatile oh, yeah. a, a time that is for everyone, e- even in the best of homes. Uh, and so uh, it was then that I had to say, you know what, uh, this is what I've been raised on, what I've known my whole life, and now I'm going to make this choice in the seventh grade uh, to go almost like Joshua, choose you this day who you will serve. Mm. Uh, and it was, it was this moment of, I am choosing now um, that I'm going to, that I'm going to serve the Lord. And, and it was into seventh grade going into eighth grade that I felt the call to ministry. Uh, and, and I knew that it, as at that early age, uh, that whatever I did, it would, it would involve students um, and it would involve ministry. And, and I just remember thinking, well, I'm surrounded by students at school so why wait till I'm an adult to be a youth minister? I could be a youth minister as an as an eighth grader by loving wow. my friends, and uh, and so that was that was the, that was a game changing moment for me uh, when my faith uh, became my own as I was becoming an adult, a young adult, uh, and and I, I was able to connect my my sense of purpose with that with that decision. Wow, that's powerful. I like that. So you mentioned um, a bit ago about the two words character development program. So talk about the program and its purpose and kind of the journey of God leading you to, to launch that. Yeah. So, you know, once I graduated college was uh, went on staff with young life and uh, was, was in ministry uh, over the you know next few years from graduating college to 2017 in various different ministry positions from young life to student minister to traveling evangelist, associate pastor, uh, and served in, in, in different capacities. And all along the way, I, uh, I would volunteer at the local high school as a player development or character development coach. Mm-hmm. And, and I would meet with the team each week. And really the, the simple goal was, uh, in about 10 minutes, I needed to motivate them to go win the game, uh, teach them an important life lesson, uh, connect how that would apply to the game of football, and then, and then tell them what the Bible said about it all. And I had about 10 minutes to, to do it all while they were on a knee 
uh, with their with their pads laced up. And so it was a, it was a tall order. And uh, and what I found was that as I began doing that uh, over the years, I volunteered for seven years doing that. And uh, as I would you know share that with folks, that that was the thing that I did that people were most interested in. Mm. Uh, it was also the thing that I did that I felt the most alive at. Um, it was where I felt like all of my talents, all my giftings, my passions, and the world's needs intersected, right? Uh, uh, and so it was, it was at that, that place that I said, okay, well, what if, what if there was a way uh, that, we could, that we could reach more than one school at a time? And, and that was when, in January 2017, we started thinking about building out two words and, and, and putting that into what it would become today. And, and when we sat there, we had a, we had a, a long discussion, myself, my, my wife, my pastor, we had a long discussion to ask the question, do we make it nonprofit faith-based or do we make it for-profit non-faith-based? And that was a, that was a tough decision because mm-hmm. uh, my heart was for ministry. Uh, professionally, all I knew was ministry. Uh, but at the same time, I also knew that if we went with the faith-based label, that there would automatically be doors that were closed. And, and so we wrestled and we said, you know, there are a lot of really great ministries uh, that are serving coaches and athletes and schools. Uh, and we feel like there is, uh, we could have a bigger voice if we were intentionally implicit, if we didn't use faith language uh, and we just we went and uh, we put out a biblical worldview, but didn't use biblical language. We didn't talk about uh, faith claims, but we just talked about the way that, uh, that the wisdom teachings of Proverbs and the wisdom teachings of Jesus, and we just used a different language of it. And, and that was an intentional choice, uh, but what it's allowed for is us to have a reach that otherwise we never, ever would have. Um, and, and it was, it was, it was a Lord's wisdom in that and, and, and guiding through that. But what it's, what it's allowed us to do is to equip coaches to invest in their kids. And then those coaches are able to make, uh, the, the contextual, uh, you know, connections, uh, of faith where appropriate. Um, uh, and so we, we've, we've kind of come on the pre evangelism side of things, um, uh, and, and, and that's not a, that's not a ministry style for everyone, uh, because, you know, pre-evangelism doesn't do any good without actual evangelism. But, uh, for us, we said, man, this is the role that we can play and, and we can, uh, and, and we can do that really well. And so that, that's what we've set out to do. What is it, I mean, what does it look like for a high school team? What's the, I mean, I know here in, in Coppell, my son's a part of the football program, I know they they go through it, and the head coach is very good about, especially during the season, emailing the parents like on mm-hmm. Thursday the parent sheet. So, what is that? What does it look like for a typical program to to go through two words? Yep. So, uh, the basic elements of the curriculum are that there's a seven to ten minute video uh, in which each week I communicate and share the character trait of the week, defined and described by two words, and as a coach you can use that seven to 10 minute video, press play, read a quote of the day that we give you and be done in 12 minutes a week. And all you did was press play and read a quote. But there are additional resources that allows a coach to go beyond that 12 minutes a week. They could spend 30 minutes a day on this, using this if they want. If they've got something 
what we provide amplifies what they have. And if they've got nothing, this is a done for you deal. So in addition to that video that gives a theme of the week, we talk about two words. Let's say we're talking about sacrifice this week. The two words might be sacrifice required. And a lot of things in life that are optional, if you want to be successful, talent, uh, you know, a lot of our size or genetics, the right school. Uh, but the one thing that's not optional, right, is, is sacrifice, is sacrifice required. So then those two words become the mnemonic or the, the theme for the week. And that becomes something that coaches are able to connect to every workout. They see the kids in the hallway going into chemistry class. Hey, sacrifice required to be successful right. in, in chemistry. And so it gives them that mnemonic to carry. And then beyond that, we give them a, a lesson each week for coaches, captains, athletes, and parents. And so for the coaches, what we, what we offer them basically is a weekly staff development. that says, be on the lookout for this. And if you see one of these things, then call it out. It's going to help you coach beyond the game. Uh, we don't ask them to rearrange their schedule or, you know, to, to go, uh, you know, to, to some great links to, to add things to their already busy schedule. We just say, be on the lookout for this. When you see it, it'll help you coach beyond the game. Uh, for the captains, uh, whether that's your captain's council or they use it with all the athletes, the, uh, the goal is to say, uh, in light of this character trait of the week, what does a leader do? You call mm-hmm. me a leader, that's great, but what does a leader do? How do, I, how do I take the action and not merely possess the title? And so each week we give them kind of some next steps for that. For the athletes, we give them a next step on how the character trait of the week will help them reach their own goals. Uh, Coach Grant Taff I had the opportunity to speak on stage with him a couple of times and told me a story that, uh, that he gives his grandkids an allowance for good character. They make a character contract and they have to report each week if they lived up to the contract. He said, now, sometimes they'll call me and say, Pop, you don't need to send any money this week. <laughs> they say, hey, just, just don't worry about it, Pop. But, uh, but he said, the reason that I do it is because I want them to know it pays to have character. Uh, And that's what this section accomplishes is it shows them, hey, it pays in the currency of reaching your goals to have character. And then there's that family section where each week uh, the parents can actually sign up for a free login and they can watch the video at home. Their kids watch in the locker room. And then we give them a one page encouragement that gives them uh, some some thoughts to consider in light of the video and then five questions to talk about to keep the conversation going at home. And, and so by providing those resources, we recognize that some schools, they're going to use every single one of those and the more resources that we provide, the videos, podcasts, books, articles. Uh, and then others at different seasons are just going to watch the video. Uh, it's intentionally flexible so that mm-hmm. no matter where you are as a coach in your season, summer, off-season, playoffs, that there is a resource that you can consistently and faithfully and intentionally work on character uh, throughout the year, right? Because, uh, you, you know, the best plans that are not consistently executed on are worthless, right? But even a little bit that is consistently executed on goes a really long way. And so we don't, we don't uh, prescribe to coaches how they do it. We just describe how they can do it. Mm, that's good. So someone's listening and wants to find out more. How, do, how would they do that? Yeah, the easiest way is just to, to hop on our website, twowords.tv. That's the number two words.tv. And, uh, and all of our contact information is there. Uh, they're able to uh, 
uh, sample, uh, a, a full week of the curriculum, full video, full workbook. Uh, all that is, is there, uh, different testimonials and, and all, all the like uh, is there on the site. And then, of course, our contact information is there as well. Um, or, or just to reach out uh, via Twitter uh, to me at Mackey Speaks, M-A-C-K-E-Y. And, uh, and we, stay, we stay pretty active on, on the old Twitterverse and uh, try oh, yeah. to encourage folks and put some, put some positivity out there. That's awesome. You also have a summer leadership camp. Yeah. Um, for high school athletes. So what does that look like and kind of what's the purpose behind that? Right. So, so I mentioned to you, right, that uh, internally we view a lot of what we're doing as pre-evangelism, mm-hmm. right? And, and I mentioned that pre-evangelism is no good without actual evangelism. Uh, and so what we set out, we said, you know, we, we're going to respect the boundaries of the public school system uh, through two words. And, mm-hmm. and you can look through the curriculum and you won't find anything uh, that a person of faith or a person not of faith um, would, would object to uh, in, uh, in the curriculum. Uh, and, and so, as we said, you know, in light of that, how can we make a faith connection to some of the leadership development with athletes that we do? And so, uh, what, uh, what my best friend and I, Colton Leonard, uh, did was we started a nonprofit uh, called Tier One Leadership Development. And, uh, and the one thing that it does is it, it, uh, it runs uh, what we call the Mackey Leadership Camp. And it is a 67-hour, three-day uh, leadership camp in the heart of the Hill Country in Blanco, Texas. And our, our vision for it is to equip students uh, to go be servant leaders uh, and, and, uh, and to shine, uh, you know, to, to serve in the way that would honor Christ, uh, and, and, and lead others to it. And so, uh, we, we bring them in, we've got all the competition, we've got all the fun of camp, the blobs, we've got the, you know, the beautiful hill country views, the big stars at night, uh, all of the craziness of camp. We bring in, uh, former college athletes to, uh, work with the students, uh, we have coaches from across the state that come. Uh, and then, but I think one of the things that I love so much about it is we have indoor and outdoor leadership training sessions. And so there are stu- students spend time in the classroom where we walk through a curriculum that we've developed for this, where we make explicit uh, some of the principles that we're pulling from scripture. And say the greatest servant leader to ever live was Jesus. And so we make explicit uh, from the scriptures, different leadership principles to equip students to go. And we're not just talking, Hey, have a, have a, have an oh boy attitude. I mean, we're talking about, uh, the OODA loop, right? How do you, how do you observe, orient, uh, you know, decide and then take action. We're equipping them, you know, for our year two students, uh, you know, we're walking through Gallup strength finders. And so it's a, it's a multi-year program. So that when students come year one, uh, that curriculum is, is based on the idea that better people make better leaders, uh, and then they are invited to come back for year two. And the year two curriculum uh, is based on the idea that better leaders make people better. And, mm. so, uh, and so the idea behind that was that as they come, uh, they have to apply. Uh, and you've got to get resume. you got to submit a resume, get letters of recommendations, essays. That uh, you're not coming because mom and dad threw you, you know, in the back of the van and dropped you off. If you're coming, you spent some time uh, in that in the application process. But if you get accepted, it's 100% free. 
Doesn't cost yeah. the kid a single thing. Right? It costs 600 bucks a student to make camp happen, but those kids don't pay a penny of it. Mm. And, uh, and we did that because we didn't want there to be a single kid who wanted to grow as a leader or in their faith uh, that couldn't be there. That we didn't want there to be a single barrier to them, to them being there. If they're willing to apply, they're willing to get there, um, then it didn't cost them a thing. So they walk through camp, indoor, outdoor sessions, competition, all of this. Um, and then as they leave, we, we send them out with a 365-day devotional. Uh, and so wow. we, we, that, that we wrote specifically for them. Uh, and so they're getting a daily, uh, a daily uh, encouragement to grow in wisdom and in leadership. Uh, weekly, we send them an email uh, encouragement. I send to them each week uh, to encourage them. Each month, we send them a video teaching uh, to spur them on in their leadership. Uh, and then, of course, each year, right, they're invited to come back uh, so they can have two years of camp. And if they start at, coming out of their sophomore year, then uh, after their senior year, then they can apply to come and serve at camp. And so there's a potential for three years uh, of, of, of investing in them daily, weekly, monthly, uh, and then yearly. Uh, and this is just a way that, that we can uh, explicitly uh, give back uh, you know, through, uh, through our talents and gifts, but make, make explicitly known the gospel. Um, and uh, last year we had 60, 60 students from 37 different campuses across the state. And, uh, and this year we're looking, uh, we're on track to have about a hundred students, uh, this year. And so really, really excited about that. We'll have about 60 year one students, about 30 year two students. And then we'll have about 10 students who are coming back to serve, uh, after having graduated high school. Wow. That's awesome. This gets me fired up thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I just, cause yeah. I'm sitting there thinking there, there's a need for that and probably, you know, this, this is something that you could do all over the country, especially the way you've done it to where the application process and then no cost to the family. Yeah. And that's, that's and, huge. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where the longer that I was in the church in serving in full-time ministry, uh, the more that I heard the excuse, well, I'm not a full-time minister, so I can't minister. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I didn't go to seminary, uh, you know, well, I, I, I went to seminary, you know, and, and I can tell you how, how often I use what I learned in seminary. I, I use a lot more the, uh, the learning how to learn of seminary uh, than I do the Hebrew and the Greek, right? Got some good grades in Hebrew and Greek, but I don't use it, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, and so uh, it didn't do me a whole lot of good, this side of it. Uh, but I think what now that I've been out of full-time ministry as a vocation, what I've seen, and I'm so encouraged by coaches, uh, is, is you can minister wherever you are. You'd be an insurance mm. guy, and, and you're, you're, you're a minister of insurance, right? You, you could be a donut man, and you're the minister of donuts, right? I'm coming to that service daily, uh, right? We go break, yeah. break, uh, break bread there. But whatever it is that you do, you, you'd be a minister as a coach, as a waiter, waitress, as a businessman, whatever it is that you do, you could be, if you intentionally purpose your actions for the good of the kingdom. Uh, and, and you begin to see, when you go down this road, you begin to see that there's, there's a lot of things that you can do for the good of the kingdom that don't involve preaching a sermon, 
uh, or praying a prayer, uh, you know, or uh, dropping some holier than thou's or these or thou's or arts, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, there's, you start bringing hope to people. You start speaking uh, encouragement to people. Well, you encourage somebody and you do that intentionally. What you're doing is you, you are highlighting the divine that is within them. And you, you just let, listen, there's the fingerprint of the divine is in you. And when you smile, when you bring the best of you, when you bring that energy, that contagious energy that you have, when you work hard, like I see glimpses of that. Right? Mm. And, and, and you just call that out. That's good for the kingdom, right? When, when you serve people, that's good for the kingdom. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to have a formalized, board-approved ministry to go and serve. You, you just got to care right. enough to care. You know? And so when you, the, the longer that I'm out of full-time, the more I see that I can minister much, much more, I just choose to do it. When I choose to be intentional uh, and bring my gifts, talents, abilities, and deploy them uh, for the good of the kingdom. And, uh, and, and coaches are so phenomenal at this. Because they're, they're up at 5.30 in the morning. They're home at 8.30 at night. Uh, they're literally giving of themselves. They're sacrificing their time, their energy, their resources. You know, they're walking through the stories that coaches tell me. Uh, and you've heard them uh, uh, of the ways that they go above and beyond. There was a, there was a coach who brought a young man uh, to camp last year. Uh, who The young man was a freshman. He saw a lot of potential in him. But he didn't have a great home life. In fact, he didn't mm. have a home life at all. And, uh, and the coach came home one day and he and his wife were empty nesters. And, uh, and he said, honey, I, I feel like the Lord's calling me to adopt this kid. Uh, and she said, I think that you're right. And they adopted this 14, 15 year old kid uh, that had no home life, brought him into their home, gave him a family and, you know, changed this kid's life. You know, wow. like you don't need a seminary degree for that. Right. You just got to have a heart that loves the Lord and loves, loves people. And so uh, I'm just so encouraged by the ways coaches do that on the big scale, on the small scale. Uh, and it encourages me to, to keep on going. Absolutely. Well, that's good stuff. I like that. Uh, I wrote that down. You can minister wherever you are, because I think a lot of times we do. Um, we get in that rut of, well, it's not my job. I'm not a minister. You <laughs> right. <know? laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm convinced that anytime you find yourself complaining, anytime you find yourself saying, well, that's not my responsibility, uh, that that's an invitation to take responsibility as an that's invitation right. to, to get involved. Right? You're going you're gonna to complain about uh, the way that kids are different today. Well, that's your invitation to go invest in those kids and, and to give them a, a structure and a framework uh, to live. You're going to complain about uh, the way that the, the, the grass looks at the, you know, at the church, well, that's an invitation to go get a John Deere and start mowing. You know, yeah. <laughs> you complain, that's an invitation for you to get involved. Uh, and, uh, you know, you find yourself going, well, that's not my job. Well, then uh, maybe that's an invitation to, to take some responsibility. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, um, I mean, you've, you know, you speak what, uh, you know, 200 and <laughs> some odd times a year, right? All um, the time. Yeah. All over the place. So, and I'm not asking to name names, but I'm just kind of curious if there's one or two players, coaches that you've worked with, that you've seen, um, you know, God really work through you in their life. Oh, man. They're, uh, 
there's not enough time to name to name them all. Right. Um, you know, I mean, from from the biggest schools to the smallest schools, um, there are there are coaches that are, and they're 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 the hands and feet. You know, uh, I think about you know Stan Lang, uh, athletic director at Northside ISD. Uh, you know, they uh, they go above and beyond to raise up servant leaders to uh, raise up a coaching staff that coaches beyond the game. In fact, mm-hmm. that's their motto as an athletic department is beyond the game. Uh, you know, I think about Russell Lucas in Hamlin, Texas. Uh, man has been faithfully serving for 20, 30 years, just getting after it, right? And they had, a, they had an awesome run this year, made it to the state championship game. And uh, man, they, they had a great season. Uh, you know, some of the work that they do to raise up, uh, to raise up boys with, with some community members. And, and they're very, very intentional about taking boys and teaching them to be men. We have what we call man camp uh, every spring and we go out there for a weekend and we do everything from, you know, uh, throwing tomahawks and eating over an open flame fire uh, to teaching them how to change tires and tie ties and, and, and things like that. Uh, you know, I think about uh, Ryan Rocker, uh, who's uh, AD head coach down at Brazos. Mm-hmm. Um, such a such a great, great guy who's just giving his life away, his family, uh, for for the good of kids and for the good of the kingdom. Uh, so, so, so many. I mean, so many I couldn't even name. And, and, and we're so blessed in Texas uh, to have the Coaches Association. That's right. That, that you know, they're 23,000 members strong uh, across the entire state. Uh, volleyball coaches, wrestling coaches, softball coaches, football coaches who – intentionally throughout the year uh, work and advocate on behalf of coaches and kids. Uh, Their motto is helping coaches help kids. And they go out of their way uh, to raise up, uh, to to raise up uh, uh, coaches. And, uh, and, and they do a phenomenal job. They have the leadership summit every year uh, and they bring in the best speakers from around the state and across the country. And, uh, and, and they do a great job. Uh, there's just so so many uh, that uh, man, you just you you open up your eyes, you're gonna see them, right? Uh, that's right. So yeah, no, that's good. I just think um, you know, listeners like to hear you know stories of impact. So just you know, I like that uh, Northside ISD coaching beyond the game. That's huge. Yeah, they do. You know, they do a lot of times. Great we, job. You know, because a lot of times we measure success off wins and losses. Yeah, but. But that's, you know, the, the reality is, is, is coaches, they'll know how successful they are 10 and 15 years from now. That's right. Uh, when, when kids come back and go, man, coach, you know, you taught me this and here's how it's changing my life today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that's a beautiful thing about the state of Texas is there are so very few coaches that don't want that. I think in Texas, mm-hmm. it is the exception to the rule that a coach doesn't coach beyond the game. Like that's coaching beyond the game is normal in the Mm -hmm. state of Texas. Uh, And I think that's part of what makes it so special. It's not just that we've got phenomenal stadiums or resources or, you know, people really love their high school football. Uh, It's the coaches Um, and it's the volleyball coaches and it's the softball coaches, the girls soccer and it's the gymnastics coaches, you know, Uh, was that a school where the gymnastics coach, is uh, the athletic secretary uh, because she saw that there were girls that that uh, wanted to do gymnastics, 
they, they didn't fit in any of the other sports and they needed somebody to just be the coach. She didn't know anything about gymnastics. She said, but I can YouTube in confidence and I can love and care. And so, uh, you know, she's started a gymnastics program and wow. you know, it's just, it's, it's things like that, that that's the, that's the standard in Texas. And that's what makes it so special. What makes athletics in Texas so special. That's true. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about what you do and your program. And then you also talked about being married for nine years and four little ones. So how do you balance this <laughs> with being a husband yeah. and a dad? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, if, uh, if I can, if I can figure that, that formula out, uh, then I might, I might have a new curriculum to write <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and we'll, we'll all, we'll all go to the top, but, uh, but you know, the thing that, uh, that I've found and, and I've been really, really bad at it and I'm working real hard to get better at it. Um, the thing that I found is that I can't balance all of this on my own. Mm. Um, I just, I just can't do it. Uh, that I've got to have people that really help. And we've got seven incredible people that work full time for two words, character development. And if it weren't for those people, I wouldn't stand a chance. We wouldn't be able to impact yeah. the way that we're impacting. I wouldn't be able to have the family life that we have. Uh, you know, none of that would be possible if I sat here and tried to do it all on my own. Uh, you know, what, what we found and what we've done is, is we found some really, really great people uh, to put on our staff and we've given them a lane and we told them to go left lane, hammer down, full tilt boogie. Like, Hey, this is your job. And you do that really, really well. And, uh, and, and we brought them on. We brought people that we thought that I thought could do that thing 80% as well as I could or better. So if you can do this 80% as good as I can, I'm gonna let you do it and become an expert at it. And I'm going to move on to something else, do the things that only I can do. And that, that process of building out the team, building out the staff has been, has been one of the big keys, um, you know, to, to being able to find the balance. Uh, because now, you know, because we have these great folks in place, you know, really, I spend all of my time uh, filming the curriculum and, 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 and working on the workbooks, uh, on speaking and hanging out with coaches, you know, and, and then providing the high-level leadership for the company. Uh, but that's, that's, that's all I do. And, and I, you know, we do that a lot, uh, but that's what I do because we've got a great staff uh, that has enabled us to have, enabled me to, to kind of have that. And so, you know, that's part of it. Another part of it is that we just set some standards and we're willing to say no uh, in order to hold the line on our standards. Uh, and so, that that's hard because I'm, I'm not a guy that likes to say no, I say yes and figure it out later. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that's my, that's my, my nature. Um, but we've, we've gotten to a place where, uh, I like, <laughs> here's an example. Uh, uh, Colton who's our president, my, my best friend, right hand man. Uh, he doesn't allow me to schedule speeches anymore. He doesn't allow me to schedule anything. Uh, everything that gets scheduled, uh, he schedules. Uh, because he knows that if I start scheduling, then I'm just going to say yes and yes and yes mm. and yes. And he goes, "Look, man, I got to hold you accountable." And so, so he knows the standard. I, I'll always look for the exception, <laughs> right? Uh, but but what he does is, is he provides that accountability. And so, uh, so we we hold it. He hold, helps me hold the standard uh, on the boundaries that we have. And uh, and then and then 
a third piece has just been the, the great flexibility of my bride. Mm. Um, you know, summer of 2018, uh, we sold everything we owned and we bought a big truck and a big trailer and we just started traveling across Texas and across the country uh, so that as I went and spoke, uh, we could all be together. And so, you know, so many sacrifices have gone into that on her behalf, right? Uh, she's, she had to sacrifice her work and her, her career goals. Um, she's sacrificed alone time. She's sacrificed space, right? We live in you know, 490 square feet uh, on wheels, you know? And uh, so there's been many sacrifices on, on her behalf uh, that, that have made it, made it possible. But because she was willing to make that, then we're able to be all together. Uh, and, and then the fourth thing I'd say is that we just know that there are seasons, that things, uh, that there are going to be busy seasons and then there are going to be slow seasons. And we have to, we have to uh, ebb and flow with that. And if we try to busy season when it should be slow season, well, then there's going to be, there's going to be some serious ramifications. Mm-hmm. And if we try to slow season during the busy season, that's not going to work out for us either. Uh, that we've got to, we've got to submit to the seasons and to the ebb and flows, Ecclesiastes. There's a season for everything. Uh, and understand that it's just that natural rhythm, right? There's a, there's a Sabbath for a reason. And, and so uh, submitting to that natural flow, um, you know, that, that helps. I don't know if there's any nuggets in that for, for other people, but, but ha- having help, uh, holding the standard, uh, having an awesome bride and, and submitting to the seasons uh, is really been how we've been able to balance all of that. I like that submitting to the season because that applies to anybody, no matter you know athletics or not, right? We all have sure. busy, busy and slow seasons. I wrote down submit to seasons, and also uh, one of my struggles, like you, is saying no and just be willing <laughs> to say no. And I had a friend of mine tell me years ago, he's like, Stuart, it's okay to say no to good things. Sure, just just yeah. because you're saying no doesn't mean it's a bad idea or a bad a bad thing. It's just. You gotta, you gotta say no, but that's, it's a struggle. Yeah. One of my, one of my virtual mentors, uh, commander Mark divine, he, he says all the time, you say no in service of a greater yes. Mm. And, and that, that has been, that has been helpful to us, uh, to, to go, Hey, we're going to say no to this in service of a greater yes. I'm writing that down. Now, now that said, you know, we also, we also work really hard. Uh, to whenever possible to let that no be a not right now. Right. right. Sometimes when, when we really want to do it, it's a, hey, not right now uh, because I need to say yes to the, you know, to the greater yes. Uh, but uh, if you can work with us on date, time, you know, some of the parameters, right. uh, well, then we can, we can get to a yes a, a lot sooner. And, and that's, that's been something that, that I've been so thankful that coaches have been really flexible with us. And, and so then we, we're really intentional. He's got a running list. And so if, you know, I'm going to be, you know, in uh, a great example, a few weeks ago, uh, we had a big event scheduled with Harlingen. And so was headed down to Harlingen and uh, doing some events down there, but we had a list of, of schools that were our not yet schools when they reached out that we could create a route on the way there, on the way back that we could stop in and see them. And so we pulled up our not yet list and mm. we, we started calling them up and saying, Hey, uh, you know, I know that we could make that one day that you wanted, uh, but if you can work with us uh, on this day or time, you know, we'll be coming through and we can make it happen. And, and uh, just so blessed by the way that coaches, 
you know, are flexible and, and they uh, are willing to, to work with us. And that's a gift because that allows me to have the balance, be able to, to say yes to the family uh, you know, and, and those things. And, uh, and so that's a gift, right? When, when, they're, when they're flexible. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes they have a, a set of time and a set event. Uh, but but it's been a, a great blessing for the flexibility that coaches have shown us. That's awesome. So this next question is uh, kind of geared towards that student athlete or a coach that's listening that understands that their athletics is a platform um, and that it's not always easy um, to be bold in their face. So how would you encourage them to take a stand for Christ where they are, given the um, maybe rules in place to where, you know, it makes it a little more difficult? Yeah, you know, I don't know that, and may, maybe some will disagree, maybe some don't like this, and that's okay, uh, but I don't know that I've got to proclaim the name of Christ to stand up for Christ. Mm. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that, you know, as an example, right, I don't, have to, I don't have to know that I'm driving on I-35 South to know that I'm driving on I-35 South. I don't have to see the sign. I, I can, I could use whatever language to describe this road that I want. Like I could call it, you know, uh, southbound 10 miles an hour on a highway that's 75 miles an hour because of construction, you know, I can call it something <laughs> different, but the, the reality is that is I'm southbound I 35. And, you know, when, when we stand up for integrity, uh, when we fight for what is right, uh, when we do not exploit our talents or our abilities for our own gain, but instead we deploy them for the good of others, uh, when we win and lose with humility, when we are coachable, when we are eager to learn more, when we are the standard of work ethic, when we don't find our identity in the wins and the losses, but in who we are, that's standing for Christ. You call it whatever you want. You call it character. You call it being smart. You call it, you call it whatever you want. But you're standing, you're standing for Christ. And, and, and kind of going back to the ministry piece, sometimes well, I can't minister if I'm not preaching a sermon. It's nonsense. Uh, and so if someone said, how, do I, how can I today, in a dirt level, practical way, make a stand for Christ? I, but I have constraints, whatever they are. I would tell that person, whether it's a student, a coach, I would tell them intentionally look every single day for someone to encourage. Mm. You, find, you find an explicit way to encourage, to call out the best in someone, to see their uniqueness, the divine in them, and celebrate them for it. You do that every single day not just the low-hanging fruit, but the ones where you've got to go find the kid that's sitting in the corner and you got to go find the, the divine in that kid that maybe doesn't talk, maybe isn't very talented, maybe he's kind of a wallflower. And so that means you're going to have to go spend time with them. You're going to have to get to know them. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to, you're going to, have to pursue them. You go find that and you, you encourage that kid you're make, and you do it every single day, two things are going to happen. Number one, people are going to follow you because people like to be uh, around people that make them feel good, mm. uh, that, that make them feel like they're somebody, right? When you, you call out a somebody-ness 
in them, people are like, I want to be around you. I like to be me when I'm with you. And so they're going to follow you. They're going to work harder for you, right? And the other thing is they're going to go, why do you care about me? Mm-hmm. Like of all the people, especially you think about if the, if the athlete is, is a stud, right? They got some social capital. If the coach has got some position, he's going to, why do you care about me? Well, of all the people that you could spend time with, my parents don't see this in me. I don't have friends that see this in me. I'm seen, but I'm not known. You want to know me. Why? And then you can have a conversation, right? I I just, you know, again, maybe maybe somebody's going to disagree and they're going to say, you know, you're not sharing the gospel if you're not, you know, death, burial, and resurrection. And and that's fine. We've got to have that too. Uh, But I just think that, you know, that can become a convenient excuse to not stand because you don't get to, you don't get to speak. It's like saying, you know, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to go coach because I don't get to call the plays. Well, like you got to earn that right, brother. Hey, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't get to call the plays uh, straight out of, straight out of college, right? You, you got to earn the right to do that. And by encouraging someone every day, by standing and playing with integrity, all those things, you're earning the right to share the gospel. And, and, uh, and so that, that's what I would say is, uh, is that who you are and how you live is a stand for the gospel. Uh, was it D.L. Moody said, uh, for many people, you'll be the only Bible they ever read and the only Jesus they ever see. Uh, and, and that's not the question. The, the question is, uh, is the Bible they're reading in your life and the Jesus they're seeing in you an accurate reflection or not? Because uh, they're going to see it. They're going to make a judgment. Uh, question is, is it accurate? So that, that's what I would say. Uh, right, I like that. Different. No, that's, I like that. Um, I haven't heard it said exactly like that, but I, I like that you don't have to stand up and proclaim the name of Jesus to actually proclaim Jesus. I like that. That's good. Yeah, but, you know, the important caveat, right, just like someone could say, I'm not going to do because I can't speak. Others might say, I'm not going to speak because I do. And, mm-hmm. and, and in the same way, we need to have both. Right. But you, you just need to, you need to understand the context that you're in. And what good would it do to, you know, be the, the head of a great organization with great influence and then ignore some boundaries and get fired and lose that influence, right? Well, that, that doesn't do any good, right? Because sure, you spoke up once, but you lost the influence. So they say, okay, well, how do we use the influence? Well, maybe you make a stand. No, you got to have both. That's my point. Right. No, I get it. Yeah, that's, that's very good. So let's close it out with one last question. Um, this one's always a... I enjoy this one because I go back and reflect. So a lot of people have a, a life verse or favorite scripture. So I, I love asking if you have one or is there a scripture that God has really shown you recently that you would share with us? Hmm. That's a good, that's, that's good. Uh, you know, I, uh, as I think back, there, there's different seasons, right? The different mm-hmm. scriptures have landed uh, in, in, in different ways. Um, but I think that, uh, if, if I had to come back to, if I had to come back to one, I might come to the Christ hymn in Philippians two, um, mm. Paul in, in writing in, in chapter two and verse five. Uh, so then let the same mind be in you, 
that was also in Christ Jesus. Who did not consider equality with God something to be exploited, but instead he emptied himself. And he goes on to say that he, he took on the form of, of a human. And being found in human form, uh, he was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Uh, and, and it was because of that that God's given him the name that is above every name. Uh, and I, I love this mindset in a world that wants to use their faith or their Christianity to gain power. Paul says that the same mind be in you that was in Christ, who didn't exploit the power that he had for his own good, but instead he emptied himself, made himself nothing. Um, what, a, what a challenge for leaders today to not use your power or your influence. How many, how many leaders exploit their power, their position mm. for their own good? Uh, but that's not, what, that's not what Jesus did. It's not the call. That's not the mind of Christ. Uh, who was obedient to the point of death mm-hmm. and then was exalted. He was, he was humble. He was obedient. And then came the exaltation. How many of us want the exaltation and then we put on the humility, right? Uh, That's right. You know, uh, well, praise me first and then I'll go. Make, let me see that it's worth it and mm-hmm. then I'll go down. No. Uh, empty yourself. Be, die to self. And then there will be, then you will be exalted. Uh, and so I, I think that that more than anything I come back to uh, again and again. That's a good one. That's the one I need to, you know, I think we all could go back and read often, right? Because it's easy to get caught up in the exaltation part. Um, yeah. Because the humility, yeah, and the emptying of self is not fun at times. You know, it's not glamorous. It's, well, no, it's, it's, it's not. And it's not supposed to be. And, and, and I think that sometimes, like, we can just forget, like, when – we are emptying ourselves. It's going to be painful. Like, like you're going to find, you're like, you know, I got home at midnight from a powerlifting meet and now I'm back at the school at five 30 for early morning workouts. And I got a test and I haven't seen my wife in a week. And, 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 and it's like, yeah, like that's what happens when you give your life away. <laughs> you know, uh, we can sometimes see those who have been successful and are, are, are bold about their faith. And we think, oh, well, I'll get to that exaltation stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just gloss over the, the, dying, the dying phase. And, and it's, not, it's not meant to be glamorous. That's why it's so That's hard. Right. Hey, I know um, I've been encouraged by our time together, and I know those listening um, to this will as well. So I appreciate you taking time out of an extremely busy schedule and saying yes. Well, man, it was, it was, a great, it was great to, to connect with you. And uh, I know we've seen each other across the state, but it's great to connect this way. And I look forward to, to you know, you know, spend more time with you this summer and and in uh, the months to come. Yes, sir. Thank you again to Stephen Mackey for taking time to share his heart, share his story, and encourage you and encourage me. I know I was encouraged by our time together, and as I sit here and look at my notes, I could I could talk for probably an entire um, episode. Uh, of the podcast, just recapping our conversation, but just a couple takeaways um, that really stuck with me and something I think that um, you and I can hold on to and tangibly 
work out in our lives, one thing I wrote down was intentionally looking for someone to encourage daily. If we woke up every day with the desire, with the heart to intentionally look for someone to encourage we would have so many gospel conversations. We would have so many conversations about Jesus because we're intentionally looking to encourage someone. He also was saying that um, who you are and how you live shares the gospel. It's not always having that gospel conversation, but it's, it's who I am. It's how I live that is sharing the gospel. Um, it's, it's all about... Just building people up, pouring into people. And talking about his, his favorite scripture, Philippians 2.5, empty ourselves, dying to self, because that's what Jesus did, is following the ultimate example. When Jesus emptied himself, even to death, death on a cross for you and me. If we just follow that example... We can make an incredible difference in the lives of those around us. And talking about the balance of of busyness, which we all have in our lives, whether we're in athletics, in the business world, or no matter where we are, just submitting to the seasons and knowing that we're going to have a busy season and how we handle that is important. But we're also going to know that there is going to be a slow season. So submitting to those. And saying no to something is saying um, yes to something even greater. So thank you again for listening. Um, I hope you were encouraged by this episode. And I would ask you to think of somebody in your life, whether it's a family member or a friend, and share it with them. Because I know there's something in here that can encourage everyone. Um, We love to hear from you. Go to our social media sites, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, in the search, just type in All In Sports Outreach. It'll take you. You can interact with us. You can find out who we are, why we do what we do. Go to our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. Same thing, interact with us, find out more about us. We'd love to hear from you. But most of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers.